Hello there. It's them. Blast them. Roger, roger. We're doomed. What have we done? This is madness. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. How are we doing? Good. We're doing okay. How we feeling out there tonight? Yeah. I am not feeling great. <laughs> um, you have the book of the Phantom Menace. Of course I, I do. I got that. that I got that at Half Price Books. Yeah. We need to get the Shakespeare Star Wars. Oh yeah. And I do it. I've seen it a reading. couple times and I and I every time I pick it up, I'm like, mm, I'm not spending twenty dollars on that. <laughs> I'll spend twenty dollars on other stupid things that I don't need, but for some reason that one I'm like, hmm, this is where the that's where I draw it. the line. We need to get it, and then we should do an episode where we do a reading. <laughs> that's a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. Ah. Okay. Um, what is happening? I hated my Shakespeare class in college. I love my Shakespeare professor. I'm just not good at Shakespeare. I never actually took a class. I just do it for fun. Yeah, I'm probably terrible at it. Which is why all the more we should do one. I just want to read Yoda and Shakespeare. I feel like nothing will be more confusing on a sheet of paper <laughs> than Yoda speaking in iambic pentameter. <laughs> what, is, is Yoda and Shakespeare just like normal speech? Oh my God, it might be normal. <laughs> Yo, I gotta, I gotta read this. I got to know. Oh my God. Um, Please. Anyway, how's everybody's week? How was your weekend? How's life? I'm fine. Maggie and I had shitty work weeks yeah. because people are on another level yeah. of stupid. Okay. I did have one very good thing happen this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the most New York moment that I've ever had in my life. And I I literally just told Cass this story, but I, we're, I'm going to tell it again because it's that good. Yes, it is a good so one. So I was walking, I was walking the dog and, we, and me and the dog turned the corner. And so I'm walking Winston down the street and all of a sudden, as we're walking, we hear, Ayo, Ayo Winston. And first off, Winston is not my dog. So I don't normally walk him. And Winston and I both stop and we're like, the fuck is going on? And I just hear, yo, Winston, Winston, where you going? Winston, looking good, Winston. And we're both looking what? around confused as hell. Like, what the fuck is happening? And finally I look up, there is a man probably in his, I probably put him in his like late 50s, early 60s-ish. Uh-huh leaning out of his window, yelling at the dog. And the dog's looking confused, looking around like, who is this? Where is this person? And I kind of like wave at him. The guy does not acknowledge me. No, absolutely not. He only wants to talk to Winston. (laughs) Only the dog. And Winston cannot see him. So Winston, this poor little miniature schnauzer, has this look on his face like he's having like this epiphany that he's heard the voice of God. (laughs) And the voice of God is a... Late 50s, early 60s man in the Bronx. The voice of God for anyone who was wondering. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. It's an That's older man hilarious. leaning out of his window, yelling at a small dog in a sweatshirt. Because, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I get it. Winston looked good that day. He looked Winston good. Winston looks good all the time. That's true. Winston always looks good. But yes. it was probably the most New York thing that has ever happened to me. And I did not know how to explain that. Oh, my <laughs> God. I go back and like, um... 
So Winston got catcalled? Winston got catcalled <laughs> in the Bronx. That's hilarious, though. I love that. I love going around knowing that this dog in his mind is like, the voice of God lives in the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. It does. I will die by that statement. Um, I also have some good news I got this week. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends just had a dog. Yay. So my nephew. Yes. Budley Jones. Oh what a great name. That is a wonderful Budley name. Budley Jones. He looks like a little potato. So he's a spud. Spudley. Oh. Um, so yeah, so I get to spend Christmas with him because she is going home and those plans were arranged before she got the dog and he just flew here. She's like, I don't want to do that to him twice in a couple weeks. That'd be mean. Yeah, and she's only going home for like three or four days. Yeah. So he gets to spend Christmas with me. Yay! I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so happy. So I get to have a dog for him. He's so cute. That's amazing. I love that. I'm putting puppy pads all over my apartment. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%, Um. All right, so this week we are drinking the Dino S'mores. Woohoo! It's yeah. really good, guys. So it's from Off Color Brewing. Dino S'mores is an imperial marshmallow stout that I just realized is 10.5%. Uh... Cool. <laughs> Whoops. We um, getting lit tonight. Yeah. All right, that. <laughs> Doing great, guys. Doing fantastic. So we'll see how this episode goes. We are splitting a 16-ounce can. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried. So. Just one. It should be probably fine. It's going to be great. Yeah. And if we run, and if we finish this, there's liquor in my kitchen. Yes. Yes. So we. We need it after this week. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Desperately. Um, But no, this is delicious. I am loving this. This is lovely. Uh, so we all know I don't have one. Oh, God. So, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to let I you I appreciate lead. your consistency, Thank Cass. You. Thank you. All right, so Cassie Thank is going to frantically think of a hot take while mm-hmm. I talk about my hot take mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my hot take for the week is that I was thinking about, like, Mandalorian, like, season three. I was thinking about Grogu, like you do. As you do. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, how do I phrase this? If Grogu ever speaks, I will be very upset. Why? I just, I don't know. I can't picture Grogu speaking, and I don't want to necessarily hear him speak. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it'll probably make me mad if Grogu starts speaking. Oh, he could be deaf mute. Yeah, I mean. ASL. Yeah, I I kind of like. This version of Grogu where he's communicating like almost telepathically yeah. with other force users. And I just I don't know if I can even picture a voice with that little with that little guy. Yeah. I and I don't know if I want to picture a voice with him. I, I don't think he I don't think it's necessary. And I and I just I don't want to hear it. I feel like it'll make me angry. Yeah. And I don't like being angry about things because it's some it's just more fun to like things. Right. So You're like, I don't want to be so, upset about that. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't want it. Grogu can stay silent. I please, please. No, please. please don't Aww. make him talk. I, it's really, like I feel like it'll like, it, like the thought I was thinking about it like a couple days ago and I was like, ugh. Yeah. It like it gave like, me that like reaction. That. I'm like, mm, I don't want to hear him talk. Nope. Well, I think time is on your side because it's didn't true. We <laughs> note as a fandom that he's like 50 years old. Yeah, he's like 50 and still kind of a baby. So if by 50 years existing in a galaxy, you have not 
come to terms with speech yet. I don't yeah. think it's happening. I'm sure there's like enough trauma in Grogu's yeah, life to keep him from speaking. Um, yeah, I just don't want to hear Grogu talk. No. Ever. I, ugh. Like, yeah. but that's the, that's what, when I think about him talking, that's mm-hmm. the reaction it gives me. And I don't know why I have such like a negative response to the idea of Grogu talking, but yeah. I do. All right, John and Dave, you heard, <laughs> you heard it here from your favorite fangirls. Don't do it. Okay. Yeah, keep him keep him silent. I I keep I I, silent. I don't, don't want to hear him speak. No. No. I appreciate that. Not all puppets have to talk. That's true. <laughs> Not all puppets have to talk. Um so my hot take that, is that I need Ewan McGregor with his rat tail from the late 90s on more graphic tees. Oh <laughs> I that's my hot take. I may or may not have gone on box lunch on uh, Black Friday, and the only purchase I made on Black Friday were two Star Wars shirts. As you Um, do. So I'm currently wearing my pod racing shirt with the Boonta Eve classic shirt with Annika and... Annika, Anakin, and Sebulba. I was trying to say both their names at the same time, so it became Annika. (laughs) Oh my God, is that their relationship name? (laughs) Obsessed. That's my star-crossed lovers. Yeah, and, uh, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is a very '90s T-shirt with guys, Padawan Obi Wan Kenobi on it. Guys, he's literally—it's one of those like '90s yeah. tees that has like the big block letter writing on it, and it has him like posed yeah. on one side, and then him. Yes, two, two yeah. of him, back to back. Pose or like back to shoulder pose more facing forward. You're like I mean, sorry, what's amazing? What's better than one Obi Wan Kenobi? Two, Two. Obi Wan Kenobis. Yeah, ah, ah, ah. it looks uh, like one of those wrestling tees. Oh, hundred percent. Which you I, buy. which I definitely have one of those wrestling tees. Great. Yeah. Well, now you. That's have very Kenobi. similar to that, except it's the Undertaker. I love it so much. <laughs> I need more of it. I need more retail shops to promote those because yeah. they are fantastic. Yes, that it way. is amazing. It's wonderful. Always open with the rat tail. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but then, but <laughs> I also would it. like different variations of it too, like, uh, like Jesus Obi Wan, mm. and then the final version. Of, of Obi-Wan. Oh my God. Do you remember in the early 2000s the Jesus is my homeboy? Yeah. Shirts that people were wearing? Oh, yes, of course I do. Someone needs to do that with Kenobi. <laughs> Kenobi Kenobi's is my homeboy. And, but no, but it's but it just, has to... just Jesus is my oh, homeboy. And, oh, that works. It's too... just Kenobi's. It's face. just Attack of the Clones, you and McGregor. <laughs> Hell yeah. I would buy that like so so quickly. Oh like, my god. Take all of my money. I absolutely am terrible with money anyway, so why not? <laughs> all of my friends who grew up in the church who were in the youth group, all the girls had a shirt that said mm-hmm. that. Right? I can't decide if I want it to say Jesus is my homeboy with just his face or Kenobi is my homeboy. And like if you know, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you were around in the early 2000s, you know. How do yeah. we make shirts? Um I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. I might ask someone to work. Maybe they'll know. They're not going to fucking know. <laughs> they're a bunch of videographers. They're going to be like, Cass, I don't know. Get out of here. Go away. <laughs> okay, we are going to table the t-shirt discussion for right now. Doing- We're going to jump to an ad that uh-huh. I still have not made a new one. And so you guys are stuck with the same old ad that you've heard. Oh, we need to make a new one. I know. I could we're not doing. That. Yeah, we're not doing it today, though. No. No. Here's, our, here's our old ad, guys. <laughs> 
We're going to talk about Star Wars All now. All right. Star Wars. What? Yes. Which crime syndicate are we okay. talking about today? We are talking about Crimson Dawn, which mm. obviously- The 80s action movie. Yes, naturally. And we, obvi- <laughs> I, we obviously met them through Solo. And I didn't realize this until researching, but the whole name Crimson Dawn was- basically supposed to be hinting to us throughout all of Solo that Maul was coming back. No, I had no idea. I didn't even know that's what their name was. <laughs> they say it in the movie, like, multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I'm cast. sure they do. Multiple <laughs> times. Have you met me? Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. So let's get into this shit. Awesome. So Crimson Dawn, they began as mercenaries. Uh, they basically were planet hopping, stealing resources. Who's Crimson Dawn? Who are they in Zola? Was it what's his face? The are you, actor are you being who serious? I thought was a human. And you're like he's not supposed to be human, but the makeup wasn't super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the they're the bad guy in Solo. Okay, <laughs> the whole ass sure. bad guy. Awesome. You hear Crimson Dawn, you think Patrick Swayze. All right. For fuck's sake. Okay, getting back <laughs> into it. Um, Emphis Nest. Uh, who I did not realize. I thought that Emphis Nest was like the whole ass gang. Mm-hmm. That was uh that that was showing up in Solo. That one that like steals the Quaxium off the train. The one that they get the Quaxium from at the end. No, that's the that's the girl. Her oh. name is Infus Nest. She is part of a gang called the Cloud Riders. Which girl? The the girl who ended up being in Falcon and Winter Soldier too. Oh, yeah, that girl, the one who won God, the genetic lottery. Like, yeah, God, she's fucking stunning. Absolutely stunning. But she pretty much tells like Han and Becca the. Crimson Dawn's complete origin story in that movie. Mm-hmm. And so she tells them there's a story about a band of mercenaries who come to a peaceful planet. They had a resource that these men coveted, so they took it. They kept coming back and taking more, till finally the people resisted. When the Ravengers returned and demanded their tribute, the people shouted back with one voice, no more. So they cut out the tongue of every man, woman, and child. And that's, and she basically goes on to say, do you know what that pack of animals became they became crimson dawn white people pretty much sounds like white people yeah wow uh, crimson dawn is our white people mm, great uh, awesome just yeah doing fantastic. so they are fucking ruthless Ugh. and so all this shit that she's talking about this all goes down on the planet that they're standing on on savarine it's it's a desert planet like yeah. and i kept looking for it i can't find what the resource is that they wanted i don't know what the resource is Wait, what? The resource that that Crimson Dawn was coming in and stealing from them? No fucking clue. Ew, seriously? Yeah, I have no idea what it is. I cannot find that information anywhere. Fuck these guys. But the first time Crimson Dawn really pops up as Crimson Dawn is in 19 BBY. And that's when they join the Shadow Collective. Because who wasn't joining the Shadow Collective? Everybody joined. It was the cool thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) What the hell is the Shadow Collective? Shadow Collective. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> the Shadow Collective is the group of all the syndicates that um that Maul puts together. Oh, I didn't know that. I've told you this. We've you... talked about this every week. Are you sure? Yes. I'm so Maul sorry. Went to the, Maul went to the Black Sun. Mm. and I knew um, he was a part of each syndicate at one point or another because Maul yeah, literally he brought them every all together. So So Maul um, went into Black Sun and negotiated with them by killing all of their leadership yes. and then be like, join my shit. And then the new guy was like, yes, this is a great idea. Then the Pikes heard about it and the Pikes uh, were like, hey, we want to join your shit because that's fucking great. Yeah. And then, my yeah. 
I'm sorry. I swear to God, I listen. I do listen. I do. So, um, during this, during this, Dryden Voss is the one in charge of uh, Crimson Dawn at this time, like at when they join the Shadow Collective. And Dryden Voss is a near human. Whatever that means. I learned that from you. Yeah. I was rewatching so, and something happened. And I was like, what the fuck? And you're like, Cassie's not human. I was like, what? Yeah. So the makeup department wasn't super obvious. I, I feel like I I like how subtle it is, but I wish that there was like a little bit more within Solo to really tell us they what was going on. darkened it up a little bit. Yeah, I think a little bit darker. But um, for those of you listening, when you watch Solo, you'll notice Paul Bettany's face when he's playing Dryden Voss. The angrier he gets, the more prominent those lines are. And that's just a part of his deal. Yeah. That, yes. And we... Literally, it only says about his species is that he's near human. Hmm. So I don't really have any other information about that. Okay. But um, Dryden Voss is the one, like, in Solo, when they're when they're on the ship and they're walking around, they have, like, those people, uh, like, there's, like, slaves walking around that have, like, half heads. Yes. Yeah, so those are the decraniated. So Dryden Voss had those made for him as, like, a money-making scheme. And they're basically mutilated humans that have been created uh basically turned into these cyber slaves they basically like have all their identity stripped from them and they are just essentially human droids you know the more we do this podcast and the more i learn about star wars the more i'm like it is a fucked up universe galaxy yeah you guys are twisted yeah it's weird it's It's fucking why would you do that because they can. Okay, so Dryden Voss is the head of Crimson Dawn. Yes. He's like the big boss. Yes, and then when Crimson Dawn joins the Shadow Collective, um, Maul basically takes over Crimson Dawn, and then Dryden Voss is, is, is the figurehead. Got it. So got he's it. the public one that got people it, see it. and that people know. But like the first time mm-hmm. in like chronological order, if you're looking at Star Wars, I honestly am pretty sure that this... This episode came out after Solo. I don't remember when this episode came out. But the first time in chronological order that we see Dryden Voss is right before the, sie- the Siege of Mandalore and Order 66. Heard. And Maul comes and basically tells the Shadow Collective to go into hiding because shit's about to go down. Yeah. Um, Maul knows that Order 66 is coming, but he doesn't know what it's going to be. So he tells all of his leaders of his Shadow Collective to, like, go into hiding. Hey, like, lay low. Yeah, so we see Dryden. This ain't about you. <laughs> yeah, like, Dryden Voss doesn't say anything really in that scene. We just see him, like, on a hologram. Mm. So after all the drama of the Siege of Mandalore and Order 66, um, Maul basically, he takes over Crimson Dawn, but only the higher-ups in Crimson Dawn knows that Maul is running this. It's not like the Shadow Collective where people are aware yeah. that Maul's in charge. You know, like, Voss knows that Maul is in charge. Man, and Clark then few, fucking knew. Yeah, but, but pretty much only the higher-ups. Kira. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's my niece's name. <laughs> Doing great. Um, so, Maul, well, uh, post, post-Siege of Mandalore and everything... He basically ran Crimson Dawn from Dathomir, but his main objective was looking for a Sith holocron because he's still kind of, he he's looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. who isn't? Who isn't? Who isn't? Like, um, and that's really all he cares about. Um, 
But apparently we were supposed to guess Maul in Solo 2 because of the artifacts around Dryden Voss's, like, ship. And I'm like, okay. But legs? I, I, I'm not that fucking... <laughs> no, there's, like, some 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 Sith shit on... That's hard to say. That is, yeah. Sith shit. You did great. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and there's, like, Sith shit. Why do I keep setting myself up I to don't say know. it? There are there is some stuff related to the Sith on that ship, and that's and they were saying that's supposed to like clue us in that Maul's coming, and I'm like, I am, I am not that smart. I am not that smart. I never would have gotten that. Yeah, same. <laughs> I even knew Maul was alive at the time, and I wasn't like, oh yes, Maul. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> dude. Same. Like, um, okay. So on like the Rise of Skywalker documentary, you were showing me John Williams. They had a bit with the director and how he put 50 was it, yeah, it was 50, like 50 easter 50, eggs of 51 oh yeah because yeah, even like harry potter stuff was in there which went right over my head yeah. and i'm like who is watching that scene so intently that you see all this taylor swift fans fucking do this they will look at a music video and yeah. i swear to god i'm like you guys have to be pausing and like zooming in on your phone yeah. because people i'll see videos and they're like we should know that speak now is going to be announced december 13th because on the cake it was like a six and a three and i was what? like you guys need to chill the fuck out but Wait, Star Wars fans, it was a six too. and a three, so they got December thirteenth. There was something connected with it. Okay. it was like sixteen twenty three. <laughs> it was like some Shakespeare <laughs> reference because of all too well, all well that ends well. Yeah. It was like a whole thing. Oh, for God's sake! It was a whole thing, and I was like, "You guys are reaching," in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. Half the time, though, they're fucking right, and I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, like, damn." But apparently we were supposed to like guess that Maul was coming back in solo. And I'm like, no, your bitch is no, not smart enough for not. it. Which is wonderful because it was a wonderful surprise for me. I know. You were the only <laughs> one in the theater, which that's one of my favorite moments of this podcast is when you and I realize that we we forgot. We absolutely forgot because we weren't sitting next to yeah. each other. Um that we saw the movie at the same time in the same theater. We just weren't sitting next to each other. <laughs> and I am a witness. That me and my friends and everyone else was like, <gasps> and Maggie's the only one who's like, yes, and like knew <laughs> that he was still alive. I knew he was still alive. I just wasn't expecting him to show up. And we were like, what? Like but one person in the theater knew, and that was Maggie. <laughs> but apparently, I should have guessed it throughout that movie. Right? But the shock factor to me is great. I'm glad uh, yeah. that we didn't guess it because that was amazing. I was like, I feel like I'm 10 years old again. I don't know how old I was. Sitting in the theater watching Maul get cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so while Maul is, like, searching for his, like, Sith holocron to go father Obi-Wan Kenobi, because that is, he is, it's like, one-track mind. He's in love with that man? I, who isn't, Cassandra? Different. Who isn't in love with that man? <laughs> All right, so while he's off doing that, uh, Dryden Voss is running the day-to-day -day of Crimson Dawn, pretty much. He's your so, typical GM. I like it. Yeah, I so like he it. runs he runs Crimson Dawn from his ship, or as they call his type of shit, his yacht. His yacht. Yes, he's yacht. They're so white people. They are so white people. Uh, <laughs> they also cast, like, the two most white... The two whitest people. The two whitest people, like Amelia Clark and Paul, Paul Bedney. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, and his ship is called the First Light, yeah. which is just like okay, okay, cool. Uh, very. What if I land too? If I see, yeah. 
So Hera actually ends up with Chris, uh, Crimson Dawn around 13 BBY. Um, and she ends up with Crimson Dawn when Dryden Voss buys her from Sarkin Eneb, who is a slaver, huh. who had bought her from Lady Proxima. So Lady Proxima was the leader of the like white worm gang. She was that big giant worm on Corellia. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so she was, Lady Proxima was pissed at Kira because Kira was being rebellious after they, you know, tried to escape. And she's like, fuck you, gonna sell you. So she sells her to um, Sarkin and Eb, who keeps her for like a fucking year. Listen, uh, I don't know why villains in Star Wars are shocked that a young white brunette woman is being rebellious. Like, it's a theme. <laughs> Guys, it has happened how many times now? Like, come on. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. There aren't a whole lot of women in this galaxy, so when they have brown they're hair... They're and white, and they're, they're gonna they're be brown, rebellious. If, if it's a white girl and she's got brown hair, like, that's, you better watch that's that. what she's, you signed up for. She's leading the rebellion. It's yeah. happening. <laughs> so, Dryden Voss bought Kira. He basically demanded a lifelong loyalty from her, and so that's how she ends up. She gets the Crimson Dawn oh, brand, all that shit. Men always want that yeah, shit. Like, like, uh, all right, fine. But they don't want to give it back. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> Dryden Voss is the one that teaches Kira how to fight. And once she's like really competent and, and able to fight, he lets her kill um, her former slaver, Ineb. Love that. Yeah, he lets her like go out and kill him. And like, yeah, sure, he's why like, not? Go off, bruh. Do you? So Dryden Voss was in charge of Crimson Dawn till his death in around, a, I think it's like 10 BBY, when Kira obviously killed him. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, as we know, she takes control of Crimson Dawn, and she events eventually does earn the title of Lady. So she'd be Lady Kira. Ooh. Yeah, which is very, like... She's definitely one yeah. of the... Brun the only one so far of the brunette women that we've been introduced to that's rebellious, but goes to the dark side. So you don't think she goes, like... Or not to the dark side, but, but she goes she's to the like, evil side. Yeah, she's she does some bad things. Yeah. Yeah. She ain't good, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> so... After Maul was killed on Tatooine, everybody pretty much thought that Crimson Dawn had just been destroyed by, like, rival criminals or absorbed into the different syndicates. But nope. They were there the whole time, doing things. What were they doing? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they're I, just There's doing so things. much more. Like, there's literally, like, last week, there was a new comic release about Crimson Dawn, which I have not had a chance to read because it's not on Marvel Unlimited yet. Um, oh. So I've not had a chance to read that one. Are you one. still enjoying it? Oh, yeah. Love it. Awesome. 100% love it. Jumping ahead because every other syndicate that we've talked about, we've had to bring up the auction of Han Solo. Ah! So let's get into of that. Course. So when Han Solo was frozen in carbonite, like you do, Kira actually sent agents to steal him from Boba Fett. So she's the one who's in possession of Han Solo at this point. She then sent out invitations to a bunch of different groups. Yo! This just became a soap opera. I know. I am here for this. She sends out these invitations with a hood, keeping her identity oh secret, and like basically inviting everyone to the auction of Han Solo. Hell yeah. The Huts are there. The Pikes are there. Black Sun is there. The Empire is there. I think the Camoran, the Crimorans are there. Probably. I don't know. I don't know what Wait, they look like. Uh, um, they're probably hanging. But on like there. legit, everyone is there, and so the bidding starts going off. 
for Han Solo. Everybody's chiming in different bids. Like the falling start off with the bidding. And then at one point somebody throws a bid in and one of their like underlings is like, we can't afford that. And she's like, I just want to be a part of it. (laughs) And then somebody's throwing in bids on Han Solo, knowing that they cannot afford him afford this that they will I just want to be involved in this that's how much Han Solo has that's how much hated Han Solo is by like everyone no but I I'm like (laughs) low-key I am here for the fact that she has such a vendetta against this ex like she's so hurting see not necessarily that she well to me she is okay she's like I'm inviting everyone to this (laughs) fuck you you're a fuck boy (laughs) so she genuinely hopes that Han Solo will get back into the hands of the rebellion but she has a plan and this is the way like she sees this as a very valid way to reintroduce Crimson Dawn to the crime syndicate. Well, yeah, because we never actually want them dead. We just want you to like suffer for a minute. Okay? Yeah, like, <laughs> like fuck you. Like, I know. You to me. I know. I left you, but <laughs> no, but I'm being petty. <laughs> but that was payback for you leaving me, and now I. It makes sense in my head. <laughs> it makes sense in my head. Don't question. It always makes sense in our head. Yeah. Okay? So. Like the bidding's going. Everyone's everyone's chiming in because people just want to be involved. You know, I didn't really like Kira in solo, but I really like her after yeah. hearing this. I'm like, <laughs> I like her so much more. So the huts obviously they they win the auction with a bid of one million credits for Han Solo. But before they can claim their prize, you know who else shows up to this auction? Motherfucker Darth Vader. Damn it, Vader. You gotta ruin everything. This Vader, is not your battle. Vader shows up to this auction and he's like, Han Solo's mine. Which I was trying to, because I'm I'm not finished with these Bounty Hunter comics, so I read this one and I feel like I've missed something as to why Vader now wants Han Solo when he had Han Solo. Because he knows Leia is his daughter. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm so sorry, what? <laughs> um, and so basically... Vader and the Huts kind of start going back and forth with each other and Vader has to keep reminding the Huts like, hey, remember how like you guys and the Empire, we were cool? Yeah. We cannot be cool real fast. And the Huts yeah. are like, you make a valid point. <laughs> we will gift you Han Solo. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, he low-key knows because he's like, you want to be a part of my family's son? <laughs> and comes in. This is a, this is a amazingly dramatic Latina soap opera and you cannot tell me differently. It's a telenovela. It is a telenovela. I need it. So, but the problem is Vader has now taken, like, laid, like, staked his claim on Han Solo, like, this is mine. The Huts haven't paid for him yet. And the Huts, now that they're not getting anything, they're like, they're not going to give Kira a million credits for nothing. And so... Vader, she she basically goes up to Vader and is like, um, yeah, so that million credits, you now owe me that. And he is like, no, I'm not paying that. Absolutely not. That's not happening. So, okay, cool. This bitch, <laughs> what she do? To Vader says, oh, is the Empire too poor to pay its debts or too cheap? Woo! Yeah. To hey. Vader's face. Hey, hey. a girl. 
God, she has a pair on her and I'm yeah. loving it. So Vader busts out his lightsaber and she's like, well, I have some blades too that aren't really lightsabers. So it's like vi- black fiber swords. I don't quite know what kind of weapon she's using in that She's moment. like, you think that saber scares me? I've like, seen a I double-sided these, one. I have these weird things too. <laughs> Let's go, bitch. So Kira and Vader fight. Shut up. Yeah. And oh my God. During this fight, Vader's kind of looking at her because she's, for the most part, holding her own. And so she basically ends up implying to Darth Vader that she knows who he is. So he says to her, who trained you? Who was your master? She responds with, someone who knew quite a bit about you, Lord Vader, and your master as well. Because obviously we got to bring up Obi-Wan Kenobi because she was trained by motherfucking Darth Maul. I'm about to flip the table. <laughs> Please don't. I'm <laughs> obsessed with this story. Where was this in Solo? I would enjoy I this I don't know. I need more so of this. More. Okay, guys, if you're going to make a sequel, can you like bump it up to have the sequel be this storyline? I like, need this. I'm like chomping at the bit to get this Crimson Rain comic with Kira in it because first off, one of the like little preview things I saw of it, it has the original design for Darth Maul is a character in there. Like Ooh. it has to be directly influenced by this original Maul character design. But um, during their fight, Vader is like talking about how well she's trained, but he does point out like he knows that she does. She's not a force user. So no. it's like, you're, you're good, but you don't have the force. And- Yo, but she straight up tells him, bitch, I know who the fuck yeah. you are. Like, come at me. Yeah, I know a lot about you. And I know your master too. Yo! Oh my, can you have to give me a minute? Because you just, this is borderline, this is borderline Mortis God's reveal and Satine reveal. Borderline. There's more. I gotta, okay, go. Okay. So the only reason that Vader does not kill her because he's got her backed up right in front of Han Solo, like ready to goddamn kill her is because he senses Luke Skywalker. Shut up! Who's in an X-Wing and Luke's coming in. So basically... Wait, what? Yeah. Because everyone's at this auction. You know who else is at at the auction? Luke's coming in on his X-Wing. Leia, Lando, and Chewie are all there. They're trying to rescue him, but they're having to deal with fucking Boba Fett, who's pissed at Kira because she swiped his bounty, and now the Huts are pissed at him, thinking that he sold off this bounty to someone else, which he didn't. Uh, Yeah. So this is pretty much right before we see them actually rescue him. No. Okay, great. No, this is before Return of the Jedi. Mm. Han Solo does not wake up during the storyline. He's going to stay frozen in carbonite for a while. I guess in the movies, <laughs> yeah. the timeline, because I'm referencing the movies because that's my yeah. timeline, we don't realize how long he's actually been yeah. frozen. It makes it seem like it didn't take them too long to get him. Yeah, no, right? it actually takes a while. Like, at one point when, when Boba Fett has him, Boba Fett actually has to stop on uh, Narshada. It's a one of the Hutt's planets and actually has to go to someone to have Han Solo stabilized in the carbonite so he doesn't die. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. All I can picture now <laughs> is, <laughs> is Boba Fett just carrying around Han Solo in the carbonite. He walks into this like, he's, like, just like, I, he's like, God damn it. Like, I'm, get this thing. I'm picturing one of those like tech shops that you see on like every like major street in the neighborhoods of New York where mm-hmm. you walk in and like, 
it's sketchy as fuck. Yeah. And but he's he's in there and the guy who's looking at this goes, whose idea was this? And Boba Fett, <laughs> it's like mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can imagine. He's just like carrying him around. Like, <laughs> like this guy's looking at Hanzo like, why? What why the would you fuck? do this? What is but, happening? So Kira's whole plan. Like, she does, she didn't really, she didn't plan for Vader to come to this auction. She doesn't even know how he knew about the auction. Vader um, But she kind of expected something like this to happen. And she was kind of planning for something like this to happen. So the whole point of this auction was to show, was for her to be able to show strength. And the added bonus that she was going to get out of this is that she knew how valuable Han Solo was to pretty much everyone in the galaxy. They either want to, like fucking kill him like the pikes talk immediately about yeah. how much they want to kill him or the huts who are pissed at him for god knows what how, how much money he's stolen from them or and the, the fact em- that he's stolen the hearts of the rebellion they <laughs> love him well that's why the empire's there yeah now she's put like a little bit of a divide between the huts and the empire but she had actually planned for leia lando and chewie to be there to save han solo during this oh auction. my god of course yeah which yeah, is all comes to light when Kira ends up on the Millennium Falcon talking to all of them. What? Kira Kira is the one that basically tells the the rebels that Han is at Jabba's palace. After all of this nonsense when the auction goes down, she's like, look, that's not how I expected things to go. But but he's gonna be at Jabba's palace on Tatooine. So you're welcome. Uh what? And she does promise to help the rebels in the future. Like, is she having? Who is she having this conversation with? With Leia. <gasps> Yo. Yeah. With I Leia and Leia. Well, so we can't basically, see like, damn it, Kira. Kira fucking networks. Yeah, she does. Like she, she gets around. She gets around. Like at one point, I just know that she has an alliance with the Knights of Ren. I don't know how because I have not read that comic. Uh, she also has an alliance with Ochi, the one who um, Ochi is the um, the Sith assassin, the one who was uh, sent to get um, Rey from Jakku, or like drops off Rey on Jakku, killed her parents, and then ah. he's the one who was looking for the had the dagger. Ah, yeah. So she has an alliance. Ochi saves her from Vader because she ends up in Vader's. Uh, like captured by Vader or something. I don't know. I also have not read that part of the comic yet. I am behind on the Bounty Hunter comics. That's okay. Yeah. Ochi basically frees her from this and swears his allegiance to Crimson Dawn. I'm obsessed. I like her so much more now. I know. After Solo, I wasn't a huge fan. I was like, meh, I can take her or leave her. Yeah. She kind of annoyed me. I love Amelia Clark, I but know. oh my God, they did not have any chemistry. No, but I, I, <laughs> would, I would, like, knowing all of this now, I would love to see Amelia, Amelia Clark come back. And, oh, my God, and play these storylines? Yeah. Fuck yeah. And, like, expand upon that. Like, I, I want to see, like, this is a badass bitch. Yo, I all I can think about is Kira is our... Oh, my God. Kira is our Narcissa. Mm-hmm. I am by the full... And I have like a whole theory behind it <laughs> brought to you by a TikTok trend that was like, do this thing on Instagram. And I did. Um, I have a whole theory about Narcissa Malfoy and mm-hmm. how I think she was a Gryffindor. 
Mm-hmm. And she asked the hat to put her in Slytherin? And no. Oh. She was a Gryffindor. Oh, just in general. But the uh. part of the family that she's in, because if you look at the black tree, yeah. Narcissa's name, I'm pretty sure, is blacked out. Oh. At some point, she was disowned by the mom. And that mom was petty. Yeah. So she probably could have just been a Gryffindor. So was Sirius Black. He was disowned. She was mm-hmm. a Gryffindor. Anyway, um, but I think because of her bond with her sisters, yeah, she still remained with the dark with um with the dark side, pretty much. Um and end up with Lucia isn't like yeah. that nonsense. I love Narcissa. I always yeah. have. She's the one who saved Harry's life at the end. That's if it weren't for her, we it <laughs> would be a very different ending. Um, she's a real hero. I think Kira's the same way. Kira might have fallen in with some dark things and like and yeah. I think she pulls a lot more strings than we know. Yeah, I no, think she she's... she definitely does. Like I, I I feel like that end of solo, like her, it, it seems like her heart wants to go with Han. Yeah, but but she's, she's so into it. She's so I, in it. She can't. It seems like I mean, especially when you look at what happened after she didn't get through that checkpoint. What happened to her? Yeah, like she is doing what she needs to do to stay safe. Yeah. And if that means and to run, I like, have, her own life, and if that means I have to take on every other crime syndicate and the motherfucking emperor, bring it on. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna find a way to keep herself safe. And if that like by taking out people who could hurt her. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a very proactive form of safety. Yeah, but in the end, Kira knows, kind of like Narcissa did. In the end, Kira knows, like, all right, I'm gonna help you guys out. Yeah. You want here he is. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right yeah, now. It seems like she, she is sorry. a good person. Yeah. She just but, she's gotta look out for herself and her fam. Yeah. Who's Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Um and she like like we said, especially what she fell into after them getting separated, mm-hmm. she wants to run her own life. Yeah. And this is how she does it. Yeah, it seems like even a, if it's with the bad guys, she's still in charge of her own life. Well, it seems like every choice she makes is an is like a is an attempt to regain control. Exactly. And even when we first see her like with Crimson Dawn in solo, the choices she's making, even moving against Dryden Voss, is I wanna control my life. I wanna li-. she's holding on to like every little thing that she can that she can control. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I like her so much more. I know. And Crimson Dawn. Like, and so I, I don't have a, like a whole lot of information to like what happened to Crimson Dawn post the destruction of the Empire, but it seems like they kind of fell to the wayside a little bit. Like they don't have the influence that they had. They're kind of just a relic of the past. But we're getting so much more Crimson Dawn stories. Like, I mean, literally, I think that Crimson Dawn, that Crimson Rain comic came out. December 1st. Oh, wow. Like, so it's, yeah, I definitely it's have fresh. not, I have not read it. <laughs> no, it's brand new. Um, yeah. That's so cool, though. Yeah, so, so I, th- I feel like we're going to be learning a lot, a lot more about Crimson mm-hmm. Dawn. And there is, somebody pointed out about one of the Book of Boba Fett trailers, those um, hooded characters that have some red in the hood and everything. And I think they're wearing like a mask or something. They look a lot like some of the Crimson Dawn characters from the comics. So Interesting. I'm, I, I definitely think Crimson Dawn is going to show up in Book of Boba Fett. I just don't know how. Well, yeah, if it's going to show up in anything. Yeah. Especially considering these storylines. I mean, that's the whole reason we're doing this series. Is yeah. Because all the crime syndicates should Could show have, up. They, ha- they all have the potential to show up in Book of Boba Fett. But I think that 
if nothing else, the one that we are most likely to see is Crimson Dawn. Oh, yeah, especially with the connection of Solo yeah. and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, and now knowing that probably Boba Fett and Kira are not buds after what she pulled with Han Solo. He's pretty, he was He was not happy about that whole situation. He had one job. He got so mad he set Chewbacca on fire. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, L- Lando put him out with this cape. Oh, and then he Jen. mourned the loss of his cape. <laughs> he put him out with his cape, and oh that's how I loved this cape. I just want to see Donald Glover do that. I just, I needed to happen. He literally set Chewbacca. I, I was reading that. it, and I was like, oh, God, Chewie's on fire. Because a Wookiee's going to go up pretty fast. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but apparently Wookiee's hair grows very fast as well, because when we see him in Return of the Jedi, he looks fine. Okay. He looked fine. He does look good. Okay. Yeah, so I think his fur just got singed a little bit. Maybe he just needed a little trim. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. He just needed a haircut. It's bust. fine. I mean, I, do you have to cut a Wookiee's hair? No, don't. <laughs> Maggie? <laughs> Magnolia? Don't do it. Don't go there. Oh All right, guys. So sneak peek as to next week's episode. Guess what our hot take, guess what Maggie's hot take is going to be? It's going to bug me now. <laughs> yeah, and have well, a week. Anyway. This is Crimson Dawn. Um, We are probably within the next two years going to be learning so much more about. So much more about. Uh, This was awesome. This was really, really educational and entertaining. And like the connection of so many different stories. Because like, I know that Solo was a fun one-off adventure with Han Solo and Lando and Chewie that we know from the originals. I didn't realize how tied into and intricate their story actually is. Oh, yeah. Well, right. at least according to the comics. Yeah. I like, think this these... has great potential for them to do. I'm... If they're going to do a sequel of Solo, I would want to see this. Yeah, like, that. that's what's so great about you, because you can just enjoy the Star Wars movies as is, just as the movies, and just watch the movies. But there are like some little questions that are there, which are which are fun to have those questions because it lets your imagination run wild. But if you want to know the answers to that question, then it leads you to the comics, the novels, the animated shows, like yeah. have all of those things just expand on all of it so much more. All these characters have so many crossover storylines yeah. with each other and that we it, don't even realize. Yeah, and when in doubt, Maul is probably involved. He's probably involved. Yeah. I've learned that. I'm yeah. like, Maul's probably in the story somewhere. Basically, <laughs> it's basically, if it's anything that happens before A New Hope, there's a good chance Maul has something to do with it. And honestly, if Dave Filoni brings back Maul again, I won't be mad. No. I don't care. Bring him back. I think actually, I think that'd be fucking hysterical. But if he came back like post when he, when o- when Obi Wan killed him, oh my god! I think that would be fucking hysterical. No, that it's they gotta so... let die. Come on, like live and let die. Because that would be so. <laughs> I get the yes. You're like, right. I it would. would be I ridiculous. would. I would probably pee my pants laughing, <laughs> and I would fully, fully support that decision. If he came back as a force ghost. That would be really fucking funny. I mean, he has the force. He's just on the dark side of it. 
I think if he came back as a force ghost, that would be hilarious. I just, I just think that would be amazing if they just continually kept killing off Maul, but somehow he keeps surviving <laughs> out of science. Pure- Spite. Yes. Maul just survives spite. on spite. <laughs> you thought Palpatine wasn't going away? <laughs> Bitch, you ain't seen none yet. Like, you don't even have to say somehow Maul returned. It's just, god damn it, he's not dead? He's not dead. <laughs> How many times do I have to kill this fucker? <laughs> fuck. That's hilarious. I would crack the fuck up if Maul came back again. Oh my God. I would laugh at it. I would lose. I wouldn't be able to take it seriously. I would lose my shit. I'd be like, guys. Like, how many times are we going to do this? As many as we can. <laughs> it's like that, that one, um, I can't remember what it's called, but that there's like one scream from the like 50s that has been used in like everything. And it's like a running joke with sound engineers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would be like that for Star that. Wars. Is you that is that Maul just will survive anything? <laughs> it happens. What are you gonna do? Because we've learned that science in a galaxy far, far away makes zero sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved that episode. Oh. Yay. Yay! Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I wonder how many of you are shook as I am. Yeah. Like I'm still wrapping my head around this. Oh, just yeah. seeing Amelia Clark go up against Vader, I'm like, no. Like, Fuck yeah. been... You know, I could see it because she would bust out of that Khaleesi in two seconds. I oh have, my God, I'd be here I for have it. been for, how, so we did Crimora, Black Sun, and the Pikes. So for three weeks, I have been sitting on the auction of Han Solo. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You know I'm like, bad at I kept this a secret. You know you. I'm bad at secrets. I'm proud of you. I Thank you. Know. You even uh, hinted at it every now and then. You're like, I'm telling. Oh, yeah. Just you wait. <laughs> You knew I would lose my shit. I yeah, love it. Yeah, pretty much. I love it. Oh, my God. All right, guys. So that was Crimson Dawn. Well, there we go. And next week, we have the heaviest hitter, the Huts. Woohoo! Like The li- slugs themselves. Literally and figuratively are heavy hitters. Seriously, though. Seriously. series. I love this. Yes. Yeah. Um, That was so much fun. I know. Yay. Yay. Well, now I have a new storyline to obsess over and tell yeah. anybody who brings <laughs> anything up to me ever i'm gonna be like did you know let me did tell you know the shade let me this tell you the tale through at darth vader oh, oh the balls on that bitch. i'm here for it Atta so girl. impressed call it out <laughs> so funny um well all right yeah everybody have a fantastic have weekend a, yeah have a wonderful weekend have a great um, week by the time this episode comes out cassie and i will both be boosted yes i have to do that tomorrow yes did you forget yeah no what right. so yeah go get boosted do it don't be dicks do all the shit that you're supposed to do and all that nonsense anyway um have a great week guys we love you so much can't wait to wrap up our crime syndicate series next week yeah. we love all you right, mean guys. it love you mean it bye bye